The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome to our Dharma practice day. And uh, it's, uh, I think, a wonderful opportunity for us to meet together as community to explore the Dharma. Those of you who are new to Dharma practice days, um, they are designed to be a way that we do explore uh, the practice, the Dharma teachings um, <clears throat> as community, because in communities where often uh, much of the growing and development of practice occurs, sometimes it happens alone, in retreat or in your own private meditation, but also it uh, it um, um, it's wonderful to. Uh, be part of the relational aspect of practice where we see each other in a deeper way, where we see each other mirrored by other people, where we're challenged, where we're, where we're kind of beautifully uh, um, evoked to go deeper into our life, into our hearts, into our minds than we would if we were just sitting there alone. Sometimes it can take months or years sometimes to encounter some aspect of the Dharma in ourselves that can be encountered in five minutes by a real poignant conversation or encounter with someone else. And traditionally a lot of the growth and development of Buddhist spirituality happens in Sangha, in community. Though um, the way that our Vipassana tradition has developed in the first 20 years of being in this country, um, it was mostly meant for introverts. Or seemingly, you know, it was a lot. A lot of it was, you know, you go and retreat, you sit silently, and and then we kind of people scatter and live their lives. And as we're growing as a as a tradition, we're I think we're bringing back into the into the training, into the practice, much more the community aspects. Community aspects of practice are also um, uh, there's good reason why people avoid it too. <laughs> uh, it's you know often. Uh, you know, we get challenged in that process. We get to see ourselves in ways we'd rather not sometimes. <clears throat> and sometimes we are challenged by the interpersonal relationships or contexts, which are not always easy. Um, and uh, we ended up, I think one of the beautiful things about being in a Buddhist community is you um, encounter people you normally wouldn't choose to be involved with. And I think it's great, you know. <laughs> And so this is, you know, so you have to kind of work with that and practice with that and discover how to open your heart and uh, and just and into the wider circle of people you normally would, and also to discover that you can, to discover that you can see people uh, in a. Can you hear okay? Still, suddenly it changed. Um, okay, so um, so you can you can uh, learn to see people who normally maybe you wouldn't uh, be so open-hearted to or open-minded to, and you can learn to do that to uh, open to them in ways that are quite significant for you and for others. So, um, in the course of the day, we'll explore uh, this t- the topic of the t- today in a variety of ways. Just a lot of it will happen to be discussions that you have with others in the group. There'll be some uh, teachings that I and Inez will give, and, um, and, uh, and some that we'll do together as a whole group. So the topic uh, of today is the perfection of virtue because we're continuing the theme of um, the year, which is the 10 perfections, or the 10 
qualities of heart, qualities of character that get, de- get developed to a heightened degree through the practice of Buddhism. And as we develop them, these qualities of character then support the deeper work of being compassionate in the world and being liberated in the world. Um, the, what makes these qualities perfections is the way that they're intimately connected to the growth and expression of compassion and the growth and expression of freedom or liberation. So virtue, for example, the topic of today, um, is a beautiful quality in its own right. And it's also beautiful because it's a, it's a support and expression of compassion and it's a support and, expre- and, and expression of freedom. It supports us to attain greater degrees of freedom and it supports us and also as an expression of having attained that degree of freedom. Um, so today it's the exploration of the perfection of virtue. The word in Pali is sila, S-I-L-A, which uh, is a very rich word. Um, the word, English word virtue doesn't do justice to the full range of what the word means in Pali. The, um, um, sometimes it's translated as ethics, sometimes as precepts. Um, some, uh, but I, I like the word virtue because it points back to that we're talking about developing qualities of heart, qualities of character, uh, virtues that we can embody as opposed to, you know, sometimes ethics implies some people's minds rules that you have to kind of take on from outside and clothe yourself with these rules. Virtue implies something comes from the inside out rather than from the outside in. And, um, and uh, in Buddhism at least, virtue is, um, is not uh, meant to be, or, or we say it this way, um, um, you know, rules of ethics can be seen as means of restraining yourself from causing harm, from being a bad person or something. And um, if you're really a bad person, that's a good thing. Then maybe it's really good to have rules that keep you from, <laughs> you know, killing your neighbors and <coughs> things like that. But, um, but I think that in terms of a virtue, Buddhist ethics, is not, is not meant to uh, restrain ourselves from our so, you know, harmful tendencies so much as uh, virtue is supposed to be something that we love and in the loving of it we would not act unskillfully. So it's not something supposed to constrain us. It's supposed to be something that actually liberates something. It's, supposed to be something. it's through the love of this purity, the love of this beautiful qualities of heart that we would find ourselves not killing our neighbors, not stealing, lying, engaging in sexual misconduct, a variety of different things. Um, and this idea that virtue is something to be loved, um, as much as you would love a child or love someone that you really care for a lot or a relative or, or the way you would love, some people love, uh, have a very deep uh, kind, of, kind of heart, deep relationship with music or art or some, some activity, the world, nature. Um, so to have a kind of relationship with virtue, that your own, that's a beautiful quality that resides in us. It was a great surprise to me uh, in the course of my practice to discover uh, a certain degree of inner purity or inner virtue that was so beautiful and seemed to be so natural, as natural as you know, looking at 
you know, being at the beach and looking at the kind of, you know, the beautiful Pacific, you know, looking at the ocean and the beach and feeling inspired and cleansed by the beauty and the purity or something of that environment. It was a real surprise for me to, to see that in myself. I, you know, I wasn't a particularly unvirtuous person. I was mostly because of a lack of imagination, probably. <laughs> yeah, I hung out with the wrong people. <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, I grew up basically. You know, I didn't really do too much. There were a few things that I did, but probably worry. You know, so anyway, so, so basically, <laughs> basically, you know. So, it w- but it w- it w- so much so that the idea of ethics and virtue was not really part of my thoughts and consideration. I wasn't concerned about breaking rules or not breaking rules. And just basically, I just kind of lived an unimaginative life. <laughs> and um, and then, uh, so it was. But if anything, the idea of being ethical <clears throat> was uh, something that I kind of little bit disparaged, because the people who were ethical were people who were goody goody or hypocrites or something. I just kind of I had a little bit negative kind of attitude to people who were too good. And, um, and so it was a surprise to me uh, when I started sitting retreats, and it happened to me on meditation retreats, to discover this beautiful quality that kind of welled up inside of me that I couldn't exactly say it was mine. Like I couldn't say, you know, it wasn't anybody else's, but, but it was, um, it had this, nat- this feeling of this, this inner nature that was um, beyond or outside of the scope of my self-centeredness or my self, uh, my self um, identity, or and uh, so I liken it to kind of being in a beautiful spot in nature and feeling great love or appreciation or inspiration from that was a feeling I had in touching this thing inside of myself. So uh, virtue is not something to be... Uh, I think that the, the hope is that as we engage in the idea, the Buddhist teachings of virtue, it's not a matter of feeling constrained by, oh, now I should be a certain kind of person, but rather it's something that, that uh, frees something inside of you that is quite beautiful and valuable. Now, for all of us, I think, even if we are in touch with that, uh, we don't necessarily always operate from our best nature, right? our best qualities and... So in that early retreat where I discovered this virtuous qualities of myself, that was fine for that retreat. <laughs> and um, and uh, at some point as I left the retreat, you know, the retreat receded for me, um, I was no longer in touch with it. it. It wasn't a palpable, you know, just as if you're in nature and you go back into an urban environment, the busyness and you're on 101 stuck in traffic. Um, the inspiration you had of being in nature is no longer accessible in the same way. And so um, the... What I was in touch with on retreat was not accessible as I le- left those early retreats. And so then um, virtue has another role. And virtue is a, as, uh, and ethics has a role in Buddhism of pointing us back in that direction. So uh, well, there are guidelines, there are rules called uh, precepts to follow, for example. And Buddhism has a lot of them. And the way that I um, prefer to interpret them is that um, when I'm about to transgress or break any of these precepts, uh, I've lost touch with this beautiful, important part of our inner nature. Some people call it Buddha nature or enlightened nature or this potential we have. And so the precepts are pointing me back to something that's innate. It doesn't point me to being kind of tight and uptight about rules and stuff, 
but rather it's a challenge to go back and I, can I find that place inside of me? Can I find the place of beauty or freedom of something inside of me? Can I find that generosity of heart or that openness of heart? Or can I find the place of empathy where I feel connected to other people um, in a deeper uh, empathic way? Because if the, your harm is going to be harming other people, not only have you lost touch with yourself, but chances are you've lost touch with them uh, in terms of a real uh, uh, sense of uh, sensitivity, kind of the sensitivity to others that allows us to have empathy for them. Um, you know, if your only, if your only sensitivity to others is how they can provide you with pleasure uh, or how uh, you can get rid of them so they're not going to cause you displeasure, you probably haven't uh, a deep, you know, seeing into the other person or sensing of the other person. So, um, so sometimes virtue is seen as the topic of virtue and the training in virtue is seen as kind of a beginning entry point into Buddhist practice. And sometimes it's seen as the most advanced uh, aspects of Buddhist practice. In fact, in some uh, Zen traditions, where they have a very uh, uh, detailed curriculum of training through the, what's called the koan system. Uh, in Rinzai Zen in Japan, they have, um, the, the, your, there's a particular set of questions, koans or statements, that um, uh, you're supposed to answer uh, in order to move on in your training. And there's like hundreds of these questions, and some of them are very uh, challenging. They kind of point to mystical dimensions. They call on us to respond in uh, non-analytical ways, to respond from the depth of our own practice. And so sometimes it can take years to get through one question, because uh, you have to really have some kind of personal transformation in order to, to do it. And uh, sometimes you go through it quickly once you get a hang, you understand, you're in touch with something deeper. Uh, so in, traditionally in Japan, where people do this Rinzai curriculum, hundreds and hundreds of these koans, um, the monks are usually in the monastery for years. They're living there. And so their monastery has rules and all that. So they're living a basically an ethical life and you know, they're not getting too much trouble. Um, so, but then at the end of this curriculum, when they're ready to kind of be graduated and move on to become teachers on their own, uh, that's when they teach them um, the precepts. The precepts are seen as the highest um, kind of training in that, in that tradition. Um, so whether it's something you do in the beginning of your training, in the middle, or the end, it's really good. And, uh, and the idea is to understand how the training in virtue supports you and how it supports others, not how it limits you, constrains you, oppresses you. Um, it's supposed to be the opposite of being oppressed. It's supposed to really, fight, you're supposed to touch into something which is quite... Um, something you have to find tremendous value in. So that's my brief, my, my introduction to this topic. And um, this year, as we're going through this, um, I'm happy to uh, go through these Dharma practice days with Inez. And uh, she'll um, do some of the teaching and direction here today, in the afternoon. And Inez has also been leading um, the discussion group. Uh, we have met once so far. Um, and so in between these month-long, uh, we have this, uh, Inez offers a couple of two-hour discussion group on a Sunday where she um, continues the exploration of the topic. And uh, if you've been reflecting and practicing on the topic of the month at home, it's a wonderful chance to kind of explore further and 
uh, with a group of people and with Inez, um, your reflections, your thoughts, your challenges uh, with it. Um, Inez has also been available for uh, one-on-one um, discussion about this uh, perfect discussion. <laughs> a, a discussion of the perfections, of a discussion of uh, the topic of the month. So if you want to have a practice discussion around this topic, it's a wonderful way to kind of go into it more deeply uh, in areas which, which, which kind of personal, maybe it's maybe too personal, you don't want to share even in the group here, or ways to really kind of have a focused conversation with someone who's quite wise and spend a lot of time exploring these, developing these qualities in herself. So you can talk to Inez in the course of the day about both the, what the discussion group and, and, um, and also these interviews, these uh, meetings that she sets up with people. Do you want to say something? Um, well, first, just practically, uh, there's, uh, you can sign up on the email list if you didn't get on it last time, and that way you'll get an announcement of the study group and, uh, and any other readings we post and <clears throat> when the talks are up. And, um, and also, the next study group will actually be led by Jim, Jim Podolsky. Many, most of you know him. And, um, and we've, we've actually done this before together, which was really wonderful to do. Um, so, um, you know, in, you know as, as opposed to Gil, I had a really good imagination. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, I can't, you know, I, but I had a very similar um, idea that somehow people who are virtuous were goody-goody. That, I guess that was pretty common, you know, for young, for young people. And that somehow um, being virtuous meant you were vulnerable and you were weak. You know, so for me, that was uh, uh, a real challenge, learning to, uh, to really see uh, that, that virtu- being virtuous actually meant being stronger instead of being weaker. Um, for me, the, um, the word that really comes to mind for me is the word integrity, is living with integrity, which is a feeling of being whole. And uh, when my values and my actions are aligned, I feel really whole. I feel really at peace in my life. But if my values are, um, are one place and my actions are another, there's conflict. And, um, and I think that that's what the precepts do. They keep <clears throat> bringing up that, that line where, you know, we say we value... Um, uh, for instance, you know, we may be value uh, being relaxed and being at peace and being at ease, and then we speed down the freeway, you know, constantly wa- looking behind us to see if we're going to get a ticket or not. And so our values of, of wanting to be at ease and um, or what we're doing uh, don't align. And so, um, you know, the, the practice of working with, with uh, virtue is a practice of... <clears throat> just realigning, realigning, uh, so that we can have integrity in what we do with what we say and how we live our lives. So, thank, thank you. And um, so, what I'd like to do now is spend. Um, well, t- well, so you know, we'll have to take a break at uh, in at ten forty-five, so in thirty-five minutes. 
But what I'd like to do now is to have you have a chance, uh, each of you have a chance to explore some aspect of your relationship and your thoughts about uh, virtue, ethics, integrity. And uh, to do it as uh, dyads, it means in pairs, so find someone here. And there's a lot of people here, so you might want to spread out in the outer hall, the conference room is available if you'd like, and, um, and uh, even out in the deck if you'd like to be outside. And um, if everybody's in here, it sounds like a cocktail party. And, and um, maybe also get distracted by other conversations if they're close by. So uh, find, uh, and hopefully we're in um, even number. If not, uh, perhaps Jim can be the extra. And uh, <laughs> he's the odd man out who becomes even if, if the need needs be. Um, and then, um, let's see. So the, uh, and uh, what I'd like you to do is just have a, have a conversation um, where you, I want, it's very important, uh, rather than giving specific time for each person to talk, I would like you both to talk, but each of you have to be very responsible to make sure that you kind of have equal time. And I would propose that you kind of, each person don't, not talk for a long time, but say something relatively, I don't know what short is, but, and then let the other person talk and have like, go back and forth. Um, and uh, be careful about long stories to explain your point. The, uh, in the short time that you have, I think long stories are not... Don't, don't allow you to kind of explore the growing edge of this topic. Um, so if you know the story, the punchline of the story really well, maybe try to uh, truncate the story, uh, uh, say what the gist of the story is. Um, trust that uh, saying the point of the story is enough. You don't have to illustrate it for a long time. Um, so, um, the topic that I'd like you to have this discussion about is, uh, what is it that you most value and love about sila? This word that today, this uh, probably word for, uh, for virtue, ethics, integrity. Um, you might have your own uh, preferred word, maybe even if you, you know, morality is another word, or, you know, some word that, uh, you know, can translate in many ways. Um, but what is it that you most love and value? And um, even if you don't love it much, <laughs> you know, the word is most. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, uh, and maybe as you have this conversation, it's not just what you've thought about in the past, but maybe in the exploration you're discovering new things, new possibilities, new ways of appreciating uh, sila for yourself. And so... Um, as you go back and forth, you kind of explore, what, what more, what other things could I exp- love? What other things can I value uh, in this world of ethics or virtue? Uh, so what do you value in love? Love is a powerful word. Does so this seem okay? Any questions about that? How much time do we have? So uh, I thought you w- we would take... In Ezra and I will kind of feel the energy in the room, just, and we'll ring a bell when it's time to end. But I was thinking it would probably take about uh, 20 minutes to have this discussion together. Yes? I was just wondering about I think that uh, you can do that if you'd like. But what I'd like is, uh, is um, leave it a little bit ambiguous. There's words like virtue, ethics, morality, integrity. What other words kind of are in that family? Morality. Mora- morality. What else in that family? Uprightness, goodness, pure, maybe purity. 
honest, honesty is, yeah, certainly it's a subcategory of that. So the word, the Pali word is sila, the Sanskrit word is sila. It can be translated a number of ways like this. And rather than being uh, maybe, you know, dictionary definition of it, why don't you find your, your place in it? You know, how, you know, if, which word, which concept for the sila works best for you? And, uh, and then uh, use that as a basis for this exploration. Is that okay? You know, if... Um, so, uh, why don't you uh, find someone you can partner with, and then um, I'll ring a bell, I'll ring a bell in about 20 minutes.